Hello friends, this is your host Alexis Mariah and I'm so happy that you're here sharing this moment with me. Welcome to this week's episode of The God That Is This year has been going by so fast. Life has not been slowing down. So much has happened since we last spoke. I was sick for a couple of weeks and then my boyfriend and I were traveling and now things are finally getting back to normal and I'm so excited to record this episode. Today I want to talk about detachment, which is something that I've only recently been researching and implementing into my life, but is so important and is like the key to living a happier, more stress-free life. So the concept of detachment got brought up into my consciousness a few weeks ago when I put out my last episode, and I started reflecting on my life and figuring out where I could implement detachment. I realized that I have very strong attachments to most things in my life. I've always been someone that would get really attached to the people in my life to the point where I'd get so heartbroken when I would outgrow people or go through a breakup. I feel everything so deeply, and I used to be such a people pleaser that my relationships and friendships had no boundaries. I used to be so codependent on my past partners and felt like I couldn't live without them or felt incomplete without them. Aside from that, I used to also get very attached to outcome, meaning that I would make plans for my future and then get so attached to a certain idea of how my life should play out that when things wouldn't happen according to plan, I would feel defeated. So I was doing my research on detachment. I was coming up with all of these examples I could use for this episode and I was really excited to record it for you guys. And then that same weekend that I was planning this detachment episode out, I got a huge lesson in it. A few weeks ago, I told you guys that my boyfriend and I were moving to Vegas to live with our manager and I told you guys how excited we were and how divine the whole thing felt. And then right after I released that episode and started planning this one out, our entire plan to move fell apart. We've had this plan since November and I've been so excited for it to happen. I got so excited to move to a new place, get out of my hometown, get out of my current living situation, leave my current job, start a new life. And in this excitement, I completely put all of my spiritual practices on the back burner. All of my energy and all of my thoughts were directed towards this move. I kept using it as an excuse not to take care of myself and by that I mean I kept telling myself, oh it doesn't matter if we eat fast food today because I don't want to go grocery shopping because we're moving soon. I don't need to do my spiritual practices and routines because we're moving soon and I'll have to come up with new routines anyway. I also kept speaking negatively about my current situation and my current reality and I stopped extending gratitude for everything that I had in front of me. I was operating out of this lack mindset and this desperate energy, I just got so attached to this idea of a new life and a new season that I thought I was stepping into because it seemed significantly better than the one I was in. I wanted so desperately for things to work out that I was ignoring not only my intuition, but also so many red flags in regards to the people that we were going to live with. I got so attached to things working out a certain way that when my plan fell apart, I fell apart. I was so upset and sad and angry and disappointed that I almost let myself slip into depression over it and I haven't been in that dark place for a really long time. My boyfriend who took it much better than I did helped me to see that we are so much better off without people that don't have our best interests in mind and he said that he also had a bad feeling about the whole thing and was also ignoring red flags because he wanted it to work out just as much as I did. 
but we never communicated that with each other because we both were just blinded by this fantasy. Now that it's been a few weeks, I'm able to clearly see the lesson in the midst of all the chaos, and I guess the universe really wanted to make an example out of me, which is perfect because this is exactly what I want my podcast to be. I want you guys to grow with me and learn with me and know that there is never an end goal with this healing journey. Healing isn't linear. There are periods of stagnation. There are times when things are really good. There are times when you fall off, but the universe will put you through the toughest lessons to make sure that you know that there is still so much more to learn. So I'm back on my routine. I'm back living in the present moment. I'm practicing my gratitude. I'm taking a step back. I'm letting things slow and I'm practicing detachment, which we are going to do a deep dive on today. So grab your water, grab your tea, get cozy, get comfortable, and let's get into today's episode. Let's define detachment. Let's destigmatize it because I feel like it has a negative connotation to it. It's not disassociation and it's not disconnection. It's not a state of separation or of not giving a fuck. The textbook definition is the state of being objective or aloof. But in spirituality, it's really the act of experiencing our human feelings and emotions without allowing them to control us. It's allowing ourselves to feel so deeply and to be so present in each moment while also being able to let go and let the moment pass when it's time. We can use what just happened to me for an example. I got so attached to this idea of how my life was going to play out and when it didn't work out the way that I expected it to or wanted it to, I felt so heartbroken. Now, if I had detached myself from any one outcome and allowed things to flow the way they needed to flow, while also allowing myself to be excited because the goal isn't to not feel anything, I wouldn't have been as disappointed when things didn't work out. It would have not been as debilitating. I, of course, would have still been a little upset because I'm human and as a human, I get to experience this wide range of emotions, but the difference is is that I wouldn't have been so attached to the plan, so I would have been able to more clearly see the bigger picture picture in that moment when it was happening rather than it taking me a few weeks to see and understand. True detachment allows for deep involvement and that's because when you're detached, you're existing in the flow of things. You're allowing yourself to feel while not getting too attached to any one life path. When you do this, you're opening yourself up to a million different outcomes, a multitude of possibilities, a plethora of different plans. Detachment is just being open to things changing and shifting and it's so important because in this human experience, change is constant. Change is inevitable. Everything changes all the time. People change, feelings change, thoughts change, hands change, everything changes. So the first actionable step to cultivating detachment in our lives is to embrace this change, embrace impermanence, embrace the finite nature of our existence. Everything in our material world has a beginning and an end. Houses, cars, jobs, relationships, families, and our physical bodies, they all have expiration dates. And until we're able to come to terms with this inevitable truth, detachment is always going to be difficult. Letting go becomes a lot easier when we recognize and nothing is permanent. When you're looking at things from this perspective, attachment starts to look a lot like wasted time and effort, which sounds a little depressing, but is actually incredibly liberating because if nothing is forever and things are always changing, why not spend our time relishing in each and every moment and being so present and letting things come and go in divine timing? That's the flow state. That's where we want to exist. That's where I want to exist. And it's definitely easier said than done because our egos 
make it so hard to exist there. So it's important that we keep our egos in check. I don't think that we've gone over ego in the podcast yet. So our ego is like our false self. It's the person that we become so people will like us and admire us and be friends with us. And our ego likes to define its worth in comparison to things like money, fame, success, status, possessions. Those things are what gives the ego its sense of purpose. So to operate out of your ego is to operate out of insecurity. When we're attached to something, it's because the ego is working really hard to maintain a death grip on whatever it is we're attached to because without it, it feels worthless. And so as we're holding onto these things so tightly, we're draining our energy and creating this sort of tunnel vision where we're so focused on things turning out a certain way that we're shutting out an infinity of alternate possibilities. One of the ways that you can figure out what your ego is attached to is by figuring out how you describe who you are. Our ego loves labels. So for example, if you're meeting me for the first time and I tell you that I'm a podcaster and I'm a girlfriend to a talented musician and I'm best friends with an amazing girl that I've known for years, the labels that my ego is attached to here are podcaster, girlfriend, and best friend. I consciously or unconsciously am identifying myself with these labels. Now say that I stop podcasting, my boyfriend and I break up and my best friend and I stop being friends. Since I'm attached to my job, my relationship, and this person that I've been friends with for so long, I feel devastated and lost and confused and heartbroken now that I don't have my job or those people in my life anymore. I feel like I don't know who I am anymore. I feel like I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I feel like nothing without these people. I feel worthless without a job. Now say if that I was practicing detachment and the same situation happened, I would still be upset because I'm human and I have feelings, but I would also have the understanding that even without these people, even without a job, I would still be me. I would still be worthy and my life would still have purpose because I am still me. Detachment is understanding that the me remains without all of the descriptors and without all of the labels. Our true, most authentic self is the I am. Ego is what comes after the I am. Now, I know that I'm making the ego sound bad, but it's not. I don't think that we should kill the ego. I don't believe in destroying the ego because it's what makes us human. Rather, I think that we should just try to understand the ego and embrace it and integrate it in a healthy way. Maybe we'll do an entire episode on how to work with our egos, but for now, let's get back to detachment. So to discern what we're attached to, we're figuring out what labels we identify ourselves with, and then we're recognizing and accepting that we are inherently worthy and meaningful and purposeful without anything that's outside of ourselves. So we're embracing impermanence, working with our egos and figuring out what labels we're attached to, and then reminding ourselves that stripped of everything that we have in our 3D reality, we are still worthy. Now I want to talk about what detachment looks like in relationships since I think that aside from attachment to outcome, attachment to relationships and to other people is something that I really struggle with. Attachment in this regard looks like trying to fix or help people or telling people what they should do to have a better life or obsessing about the things that you don't like about someone and trying to change them. This sort of behavior is a little codependent so if this sounds like you, it might be time to learn how to practice loving detachment in your relationships. Loving detachment means separating yourself emotionally, spiritually, and mentally from another person and from what they're doing, saying, and thinking. 
It sounds pretty simple in theory, but can actually be a really difficult thing to do. It's just this realization that you can be happy no matter what other people are doing. So how do we tangibly practice this? I came up with a few actionable steps (laughs) to cultivate loving detachments in our relationships. So first, remember that you cannot control people or make people change. This is something that I've really struggled with because I have a tendency to try to fix people. I'm a projector in the human design chart. So I love to share my advice and wisdom with people, even if they don't ask for it and try to make them be the best versions of themselves. But through doing this in almost all of my relationships, I've realized that no matter how much you push, ultimately you can't control other people's actions or behaviors. You can't make people want to change, even if it's for the better. Once you accept that everyone is on a separate path and everyone has their own lessons to learn, their own karma, their own experiences, their own outlook on the world, it frees you to focus on yourself more. And in that space, you can work with yourself to figure out if you even like the person you're in a relationship with. Without them having to change or work on something or act a certain way, do you like who they are? Do you like who they are at a core level? If not, it might be time to reconsider that relationship. If you find yourself trying to fix people like I do, I just wanted to give you guys this piece of advice that I've found very helpful. You are full of wisdom and knowledge and advice that can really help people and inspire people. But someone who is not ready or willing to listen to you is not going to receive or value the advice that is given. Also, if you're not given permission to share what you have to say, your words can be taken as projections, attacks, or as being hurtful. And this is not to say that you need to be quiet and only speak when asked to speak. You can still talk and live your life, but when it comes down to giving advice, try to use the strategy of waiting for an invitation. Wait for someone who will actually value what is being shared. And that was just a little side note for all my little fixers out there. So on to step two of practicing loving detachments and relationships. You can't rely on other people to make you happy anymore because it's not their job. And if you have this mindset, you'll end up disappointed and frustrated a lot. I have been there in past relationships. I've definitely been dependent on my past partner to make me happy. And what helped me to feel happy and comfortable alone was learning how to take care of myself first. Because when you are intentional about taking care of yourself, you automatically start to feel better about yourself. Knowing that no matter what you got yourself feels so good and so safe. And by treating yourself with so much love and respect, you're not only going to feel better about yourself, you're not only going to be making yourself happy and not relying on anyone else, but you're also teaching others how to treat you, which is a plus. Okay, so something else that I think is extremely necessary to do in order to practice detachment is to separate yourself from others, meaning allow the people in your life to make mistakes and learn from them. This is really hard for me too. This means that when your partner says something embarrassing at a party, you let them deal with that embarrassment. You let them deal with the aftermath, not you. Don't put that on yourself. When your parents need to sell their house because they made a bunch of bad money decisions and they're in debt and whatever, and you want to help them and save them, that's their consequence to deal with, right? And that sounds mean, but this is coming from like, it's really hard for me because I've always been a people pleaser. So I'm like, I want to help everybody, but everyone has their own lessons to learn. And that's something that I've been learning while I've been on this journey. I care about the people in my life so much that I want to help them and I want to fix their problems. But detaching is realizing that people can't learn from their mistakes if they're being overprotected. And if you're helping them out with every single one of their issues, you can't save everybody. (laughs) Like we talked about earlier, everyone is on their own path and everyone has their own lessons 
lessons and karmic debts and it's okay to help people out. I'm not saying to be selfish, but just use discernment. Make sure that you are creating space and boundaries with the people in your life. It's your job to support the people around you, not save them. Detachment in relationships is accepting people for who they are, loving them where they're at, and not trying to change or control them. It's loving yourself first. It's allowing others to make their own mistakes and learn from them. If you're operating out of this place of love and light and flow, your relationships will thrive and you will also attract more people into your life that match that same energy. So we've talked about detaching from the labels that we over-identify ourselves with. We went over how to practice loving detachment with the people in our lives, and now I want to touch on our attachment to material things. I used to be the type of person to hold on to everything. I would always save my old school projects and art that I made, even old homework. I'd hold on to clothes that I knew I'd probably never wear, but I bought it or got it as a gift and didn't want to get rid of it. I would save anything and everything in boxes that I rarely ever opened, and And then once the concept of minimalism was really circulating around social media a couple of years ago, a switch in my brain turned on and I realized that I was only holding on to these things because they either reminded me of good memories or I attached my sense of worth with the the things that I owned. Society has convinced us that the more we own, especially the more trendy stuff that we own, the more that we are worth and the better that we are because we can afford the nice things and the nice brands. This goes for everything, clothes, makeup, technology. I mean, I had an iPhone 6 up until last year because I couldn't afford anything else and I always felt so embarrassed carrying it around with me because I equated my worth with the type of phone I had, which looking back is ridiculous. (laughs) But I think that a lot of people think that minimalism means getting rid of every single thing that you own. But for me, at least, it's really just letting go of that internal want or need to own material things. It's about getting honest with yourself and figuring out if you attach any of your sense of worth with what you own. So I challenge you to get real with yourself about why you feel the need to own things. Is everything you own something that brings you true joy and serves a purpose in your life? Or do you own a bunch of things that you only bought because they were trending on TikTok? (laughs) Or maybe you didn't get a lot of things you wanted as a child, so you're making up for that and spoiling your inner child with things that you maybe don't really need. It's almost time for spring cleaning, so when you're getting rid of all of your stuff, really pay attention to the emotions that come up for you. You might find that maybe you need to switch your outlook on success in order to detach from the need to collect name brand things. Maybe you need to practice self-love and find your sense of worth within yourself. Maybe you need to do some work with your inner child so you don't feel that need to make up for what you didn't have. then practicing gratitude can help you focus on the things that you already have, things that aren't rooted in the material world. I will always recommend gratitude. You can start a gratitude journal, which might help you to realize that the most important things in your life are not actually material things. And then from that space, you'll be able to switch your focus to non-material goals and let go of the desire to own things. So to practice detachment from material possessions, we're not getting rid of every single thing we own, but rather getting clear about the reason and the feelings behind owning things. I really suggest giving the Minimalist podcast a listen 
they also have a really amazing documentary on Netflix where they teach people how to live meaningful lives with less. And if you need some inspiration to get rid of things that you don't need while you're doing your spring cleaning, Marie Kondo has that Netflix show called Tidying Up where she has all her clients divide the stuff in their house into multiple categories and then examine each item to see if it sparks joy. If it does, they keep it and if it doesn't, they think it and discard it, which I think is so beautiful and intentional. So, the first step to making a change in your life, my friends, is recognizing what it is you want to change. It's not necessarily easy to practice detachment. There will be times when you'll feel very self-aware and introspective and detached, and there will be times when it will be more difficult, and that's just the flow of life. So instead of getting disappointed or frustrated when you fall back in old habits like I tend to do, celebrate that you're noticing it because not a lot of people have the gift of self-awareness. Once you're able to live a life where you are deriving your happiness from an internal place rather than attaching your ability to be happy on anything that's outside of yourself. You will be existing in the state of detachment. And right now is a perfect time to start practicing detachment because it's extremely helpful when it comes to manifestation and goal setting, which we'll be doing a lot of in the springtime. When you declare your desires to the universe and then let them go and detach from any one outcome and detach from the way that you want things to play out, it creates this clear energy flow that increases your your co-creation with the universe. It speeds up manifestation because you're not worried or stressed about anything. There's no resistance, only trust and peace. So having no resistance allows everything that you desire to flow right to you. There was a lot that we went over in this episode, so I want to refresh everyone's memories really quickly. Detachment is existing in the flow of life, and we can practice detachment by embracing impermanence, embracing change, getting our egos in check, setting boundaries in our relationships, loving ourselves first, and getting real with ourselves, with our feelings behind the things that we own. I also want to start incorporating an affirmation of the day segment in each episode. Today's affirmation is, I embrace uncertainty in all areas of my life. Let me say it again. (laughs) I embrace uncertainty in all areas of my life. This is something that I need to be saying constantly. (laughs) I embrace uncertainty in all areas of my life. Uncertainty is an essential part of our human existence. This journey would be no fun if we knew everything that was going to happen. So through embracing this uncertainty, we're practicing detachment. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope that something resonated with you today. Definitely subscribe to the podcast. (laughs) Share this episode with someone who needs to hear it and if you have any questions or comments about anything that I talked about, always feel free to message me over on Instagram at Divine by Design Podcast and give the podcast a follow. We continue all of these meaningful conversations over there, so definitely go check it out. And if you want to follow my personal account, you can find me at Alexis Mariah with an extra H. I am sending you all of my love and gratitude from the deepest parts of my soul, and I hope that you can carry it with you throughout the rest of your day. Bye, guys. Bye.